0: didn't want to make waves uh, for uh, whatever reason but you you have to make waves if you're gonna if you're gonna be successful you have to be confident you have to speak up you have to trust your gut you have to trust your instincts sometimes sometimes you may be right sometimes you may be wrong but you at least have to commit and you've got to believe take a chance on yourself working fans podcast cool all right here
1: we go coming down three two Welcome back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at Fans Working. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Pritchard, and you're listening to the Working Fans Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Working
2: Fans Podcast with Dave and AJ, and we are very lucky to have today a real, true veteran, a guy who's been around, one of my favorites, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Tom, how you doing, man? Doing
0: great, guys.
2: How about you? Oh, awesome. Awesome. fantastic. We've been interviewing a lot of people in wrestling schools lately. We just got off the phone with Ricky Morton a little while ago. And uh, we had talked to Al Snow about a month ago. That was kind of one of the reasons why I want to have you on. I wanted to talk with your wrestling school and how it's going. And, you know, you've been training for a while, obviously. But, you know, what kind of caused this venture? Well, yeah, we, we've just been in business a year now. So going on
0: year two, I think we're still trying to establish ourselves. And we've, we've got a lot of people sending applications in and wanting to say they're going to be there. but. We'll just have to wait and see. I think anybody that's ever done a wrestling school is going to tell you the same thing. You don't really know how many people are serious about it or not. So, and it's a commitment. It really is a commitment. Ricky's got a a school in Chuck, Tennessee. And he's got some, he's got a lot of kids there. So, but we're we're in Knoxville and it's it's one of those things that we've had people come from all over the country and find a cheaper living and kind of like this area. So, it's wrestling school, so you can have uh, serious people, and you can have people who, who want to try and do it and have fun with it, see how far they can go with it, and that's cool too. So that's how we're doing. Though I think we had a pretty good first year. We've had some opportunities to come along. With guys got to be extras on Raw. They've got booked some shows around here. So and, and we've had guys like Seamus, Edge, The Revival, Natalya, Sasha, I'm
1: sorry, who else came by? You know what I mean? I and mean, right yeah. wrestling especially. So.
0: Yeah, we've had a pretty good year so far. We're looking forward to a great
1: 2020. I think one of the big things that people need to remember, and hopefully the people that are thinking about wrestling or in the future hoping to wrestle, when you pick a wrestling school, I trained in the early 90s, and it was a lot different when I trained in the early 90s because you would go and you would train for a month or six months and then you were basically working out on the road. You guys have established trainers and superstars that are gonna give these guys a leg up and an opportunity if they work their butts off to actually have legitimate chances. You don't wanna go get trained by Joe Schmo down the street when you can get trained by Dr. Tom Pritchard who trained everybody from Kurt Angle, to Edge, to Christian, and worked with all the superstars that you have seen over the last 20 years in the WWE, and one of the biggest superstars in WWE history, Kane. Yeah, I mean, plus, Knoxville a pretty nice place to be. There you, you go. Yeah, he's added up for you, and if you really are serious
0: about doing this, uh, you can try different schools too, and I always tell people, you know, we may not be your cup of tea. Somebody else may, may do it for you, you know, so, it's you have. I always like to say this: you have your way, I have my way, but the right way and the only way doesn't exist. That's a Nietzsche quote, but but it fits <laughs> because you can kind of fit it in any way you. to it entertainment business, there's still some basic fundamentals and principles that don't go away. I mean, it's still some basics and fundamentals. You're still going to block and tap. You're still trying to hit the ball over the fence. I mean, those things won't go away. So you can build on that, and without that, there ain't no other. And I think everybody
2: agrees with that. Amen. Tom, I'm going to work a little backwards here. Well, usually we start at the beginning. We'll start at the beginning now. But the first time I saw you uh, when I was growing up watching wrestling was, I want to say, USWA, maybe Continental. It was on ESPN, 4 o'clock. And I loved your ring style. It was funny. I I said to myself, even as a kid, I was like, this guy's voice is familiar. And then come to find out that your brother played Brother Love. And that's how I was kind of like drawing these conclusions. But when I was looking you up, a little bit just to see, like, some information I might not have known. I was surprised in my research, and you can correct this if it's wrong. You were trained by the Iron Sheik?
0: Yes, yeah, so I was trained by the Iron Sheik for about three, four weeks. A player in Houston, Texas who thought, well, he could get into wrestling because that's easy money and he knows how to do all this stuff. And then some of his other friends done it too. So he comes down to the Houston office, and I'm working in the office during the summertime. And Gary Hart would come in early. Go over the matches with Paul Bosch, and he brought the Iron Sheik with him. At that time, he was working as Muhammad Farouk, but he was just getting it pretty good. Or he was really good anyway, but he yeah. so, was a shooter. And I always brought some workout gear with me, and Paul said, you can take him over to Coliseum, and if you want to work out with him, go ahead. So I said, great. And we got in there, and the Iron Sheik stressed me in. The football player, second week, after the second week, the football player didn't come back, and would come back like one more week after that. But he slapped me across the ear, stressed me, and put me in a hole. I still don't know what it was, but that was the extent of Iron Sheik. And once he left the territory, Nick Kozak and a guy named Joe Mercer had a ring down by a record service. this just sitting around today, either? I don't think it could be, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know. Huh. But King uh, Peterson would drive his dump truck straight to wrestling practice after work, and we started
2: wrestling about six o'clock there, too, so. But yeah, the Iron Sheik, Nick Kozak, and a guy named Joe Mercer. Dude, you ended up working for uh, maybe in a promotion with Judo Gene LaBelle and his brother for a little while?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, that was the first full-time territory I went to. I was supposed to go to Oregon, but Gary Hart somehow maneuvered me into L.A., which was, Mike LaBelle was a promoter, but Gene was there and, and still doing stuff back and forth. Uh, and I was there for about a year, wrestled Fujinami. Yeah, who remembers Fujinami? Katsumi oh, Fujinami man. was the World Championship champion, came into Los Angeles.
2: Olympic auditorium at that time it was a famous building. Yeah. yeah, it was just a great time.
0: Yeah, it was on the beach, you know, it's Los Angeles, it was Hollywood, you right there.
2: You worked with a lot of legit tough guys.
0: Well, yeah, thank God I didn't have to, you know, really fight him. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: so, Like Well, God. Yeah. The closest I did one time was trying to go behind
0: Mr. Wrestling 2 in Georgia. <laughs> and he went right behind, took me right down, and whispered, to me, that's a good way to get you, what, your ass pinned, son.
1: <laughs> and I thought, yes, sir. That's <laughs> the way those guys used to do back then. Uh, oh, yeah. That's so, funny. Well, in that Los Angeles territory, you would have also had the Guerreros in there, too, right? Mondo and Hector? Chavo and, Chavo. and Mondo were in there. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah, Hector, I thought, was somewhere else. Chavo was a booker at that time.
0: Nice. And then Chavo left shortly after I got in, and Tom Ernesto came in and booked. But yeah, that's where I first met
1: Chavo and Mondo. Yeah, I think that L.A. territory is one of the most underrated territories by some of the modern fans. I don't think they realize how much talent came through that area and the level of the wrestling. Well, I think
0: you would have had to uh, have a flavor for, the, for that kind of wrestling, to have a flavor for the, an appreciation for who came through there. In other words, I don't know that John Tolis would, would translate today what he translated back then. Mm-hmm. At the same yeah, the time, pretty blessed. They had this stage, and, and the Olympic Auditorium was a perfect building for it, and, and Los Angeles, California was a perfect place for it. You know, it just had that feel to it. And then in the eighties, it went really down. But yeah, you, you would have had to appreciate it, that style of wrestling. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody today can appreciate it unless you'll you'll know if you appreciate it. You'll know when you see it if you go,
1: man, and you can you get it you know, some kind of connection to it, but if you just look at it and go, I don't get it, then it doesn't matter who came through there. Fine, with guys like Freddie Blassie, um, a lot of us remember, obviously, Freddie Blassie, the end of his time on the on Earth, where he was an older gentleman, and we saw him as the manager, and then later on, they don't realize um, the star that he actually was, and the bloodbaths that followed him.
0: Well, no, yeah, they, they really don't, because it, it, it's from a different time, and a yeah. different era, and a different approach to the business, I mean... Everybody back then took a different approach to it, so. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just say, back to that basics and, and fundamentals of, you know, what are you trying to present in your business? And that's the way those guys always hit it. You know, that's why they were big stars, because they weren't pretending they were actually being.
2: That's interesting, because I was kind of thinking about this too, whatever we were talking about. Like, it's almost like a reflection of society. Everybody does these crazy acrobatic stuff, which. Obviously, it's athletically challenging, but nobody wants to take the slow-down approach of learning to psychology and to maneuvers, which to me, it almost kind of reflects society, right? Like, everything is fast-paced now. Like, everything is done in instance. Like, shows, uh, you can watch watch eight shows in a day, you know? It just seems like that's kind of a reflection of where we are in life, right? I I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Sure it is, because everything is
0: moving fast and everything is moving to, to get your attention and keep you attracted or zoned in over here. So, I mean, yeah, was, everywhere we go, whether it's a restaurant or a TV show or whatever it may be, I mean,
2: yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a tricky thing. It really is. So I just said, what do you do to get everybody's attention? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I was talking to a bunch of older fans, too. Uh, well, I say older, but we're all in our 30s and 40s. But, you know, we grew up on, like, watching shows on a weekly basis and like building towards this pay-per-view and nowadays a couple friends who are telling me like they don't even like to wait for a tv show like we were watching uh the mandalorian the star wars thing that came out on disney and it would come out every week and that was like one complaint was everybody had to wait a week to see the next episode and i'm like man (laughs) like (laughs) i remember like growing up watching wrestling like watching this build like when hogan and savage you know it would take like a year you know right but you didn't you didn't have the internet you didn't have all this stuff to keep you, busy and True. you know that was all you really had yeah i mean it was a different it was a different time different era yeah. in the
0: in the world and and what you have to do now is, it's it's global everything we do is instant so i mean right. yeah it's a tough
1: gig man yeah it is So now I'm going to bring it back to you and focus a little bit on your career, Tom. I got to see you first in the CWF and then also the USWA, like Dave. And I give you credit all the time that a lot of people overlook sometimes, in my opinion. Everybody talks about guys like Ricky Moore and for selling and what he was able to do in the ring. But I think people who didn't grow up in the South and didn't get to see a lot of that different style of wrestling might not be as familiar with what you were able to do in the ring. You were really, really good, even though obviously you had runs where you did really well and were on top, you made other people look fantastic with your selling in the ring. It, it, did you Do you find that that's a little bit of a lost art now? I think just
0: what's lost is being able to have that chance to go in there
1: and ad- lib like that. I okay. mean, it, it takes three people in a match to take your opponent and the referee and you to make that whole thing
0: happen. Yeah. So, I think it was just a Southern style and I kind of like that. I grew up in Texas. So, I mean, I don't know. I was happy working the Southern style. I mean, but you can't take anything away from that Ricky Morton, especially doing the Canadian Destroyer or whatever
2: the hell they say. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. I mean. yeah, he scares so, me. Yeah, he- and, so, I mean, hey, that's, that's, I'll give, I'll
0: give Ricky,
2: Props for that. That's for sure. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of funny because the next time I had saw you was in WCW, but you were coming up from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You were part of the uh, Heavenly Bodies at that point. I want to say with Stan, and you has had a run with the Rock and Roll Express. I think you may have even been on the Super Brawl pay per view. Is that right? I'm trying to think. I think. Yeah, we
0: were on Fall Brawl. I think. Okay. In City. Yeah. Yeah, but that was <laughs> that was short lived because I think. Uh, no, we can't go watch, and then bill got fired. Oh, like, oh right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, that, yeah, so that was a pretty, that could have been a pretty nice run, and it kind of turned into uh, what we did in WWE or WWF, and that was that was okay, but I, you know, I think Rick could tell you the same thing. Maybe it just wasn't, I don't know. I,
1: I, I, if they want to say Style Flash. maybe that's it. We'll, we'll hang it on that. How about that? Okay. Style <laughs> I I preferred it in Smoky Mountain, you talk about once again that Southern style, you guys were able to tell that story there, the fans were sitting on the edge of their seats, they were enjoying the shows, and what you guys were able to do both with Stan and then later on with um, Jimmy Del Rey, what in my opinion was fantastic, and do you think that the Southern crowd just gets it a little bit more than maybe translating to the WWE style? Yeah, yeah, you could you could say it like that. I mean, they
0: definitely get it a different way than the other guys get it because they want to enjoy their wrestling, and I appreciate that because, you know, these people still, even at this stage, there are some who kind of get that it's East Tennessee or Tennessee rest wrestling with Ron Wright, Ron and Don Wright, kind of that Southern type stuff, you know? Oh. So, yeah, I think I think the, I don't know, there's, there's, some, there's some kids in – still look at it and go, man, I just don't, don't get it. And they want to see the flip-flop and fly. So, But most of the
2: crowd, <laughs> they, they want to come in and yell and scream and, and get into it with boys. And, you know, the boys yell back and then, They'll go out and have a good old times. So yeah, that's that was southern wrestling. Yeah. Like you were saying too, like eventually you ended up being with Jimmy, and you guys got a run from Smoky into the WF. And I, I remember a match you guys had with the Steiner Brothers. I really loved as a kid. I thought they did a great job working with you. Like I thought the styles blended well. So it seemed like I saw a lot of you in tag team wrestling. Is there a particular favorite, or maybe a couple favorite tag teams you really liked working with?
0: As far as I was
2: with. Whether it be with Jimmy or Stan, but like a rivalry, maybe a, a matches you had as the Heavenly Bodies, there a particular team you loved working with.
0: Always the Rock and Roll Express. Just it, it was that was, oh man, it was like night off every night. So and even the Bruise Brothers at times. They, they, they <laughs> I love Ron and Dom both, and they were good guys, but they knew they were big, and sometimes they just wanted to be big and bullies, and I, But but
2: they were doing it in that way, like. You know it's coming, so get ready for it. And it was a lot of fun with it sometimes. So, you no, know, that was the kind of action. Even the Steiners were good. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, I mean,
0: I don't remember having. And the smoking guns. I mean, they, Billy especially was so passionate; you could tell. And it, it was all pretty good.
2: You had a brief run in ECW as well. I didn't see this. I was reading about it. Is that correct? Yeah, I worked with. Uh, I think we worked with Jimmy and
0: I worked with Public oh. Enemy, and I worked with Candido there in a singles match Chris Candido. Mm. We were and I think
2: Oh, I was wondering like uh, I didn't know but it sounds like what was what were those crowds like comparatively like the southern crowds. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, no no no, they were they were a wrestling crowd yeah. no matter what. Yeah. They 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 would tell you what they thought of you honestly. Right.
0: So they were a good wrestling crowd. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think you have those some places today. I'm, no, I know you have those some places today because you, you, you can see it and there's a place for it, obviously. But how long? I mean, I don't know. How long will it go? Who knows? But the, the ECW crowd was, was there as long as ECW was, was going to be
2: there. Yeah, it's funny, like, uh, you say that, too. I would say that, like, even, like, growing up, for me, for whatever reason, on TV, Chicago always translated to a really good crowd. Oh, yeah. No matter what promotion I was watching. Yeah, Chicago's got a good crowd.
0: Chicago's got a good wrestling crowd for everybody there. I think even for Rise and girl stuff they have there, and mm-hmm. a lot of
1: stuff. MLW there, right? Yeah, I'm so, g- yeah, a lot of stuff. I'm glad to actually hear you mention Rise. I think I'm a big believer in women's wrestling. I'm a firm believer that the level that we're seeing now is absolutely incredible, and I'm glad that they're getting opportunities. Have you had a chance to train any of the women wrestlers of today? No, I really
0: haven't. Natty's come by. Beth has come by just to get in the ring and get some rust off. But no, no, nobody that's coming up in WWE or NXT today. We've had a couple girls come through JPWA that are wait, always off. And they know that. So, but no, I really haven't. It's, again, come back around full circle, especially for the ladies. So, you know,
1: <laughs> get away from... Real wrestling for a while got away from some of the athleticism, I guess. Now they're coming back to it, which is great to see. Absolutely. I think sometimes they lose sight of the fact that it says wrestling on the marquee. So it's great to see the um, level that you're seeing both in NXT, places like AEW, now obviously with NWA being back and seeing more of a focus on the wrestling product in those organizations and in those places. Hard-hitting question for you. You went to the WWE after being a heavenly body. And they came to you and they said, we're going to team you up with Chris Candido. We need to get rid of that hair. What was your reaction when they told you you were going to get rid of that gray hair?
0: Well, at first I said, uh,
1: no, I don't think so. And I said, okay. <laughs> and that was it. I said, oh, wait a minute. Let me think about this. Because it was, uh, yeah, I, it was at a time when uh, I really, it was, a, it was a different time. And I
0: went ahead it was Chris and I was just willing to do what I had to do, and team with Chris, and man, it was not a good time for me. No. Like, okay. I don't think it was a good time but quite honestly, that's, that was on me for
1: uh, just saying yes, just not questioning, not even coming up with another idea, so. Hmm. Now, I do, now, I do have to be fair to both of you, because... Whether the idea was bad or not, I think the two of you actually did make the most out of it in the sense that you guys still put on great matches out there with teams like the Smoking Guns, the Godwins, and stuff of that nature. Right, but I think that's that's just part of being a pro and in the rings. When the only time you're really having a good time. Absolutely. No, I, mean? right. uh, I get that. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So if you follow me on that, you're in the ring. And- and we're all four trying to
1: have a great match and do what we can do. But even then, we look <laughs> the gimmick <laughs> gimmick. Oh uh, yeah, that rocked. was It really did. It really did.
0: Tammy was there. I mean, yeah. I
1: don't want to go down that
2: road, but I'm just saying it yeah. was. It was terrible. Al Snow yeah. said that too. He said he regrets not questioning enough stuff like back in the day. Yes. That's on him, right? Yeah. You
0: know, I didn't want to make waves uh, for. Uh, Whatever reason, but you, but you have to make waves. If you're gonna, if you're gonna be successful, you have to be confident. And you have to speak up. You have to trust your gut. You have to trust your instincts. Sometimes, sometimes you may be right. Sometimes you may be wrong. But you at least have to commit, and you've got to believe. Take a chance on yourself, and that's a big thing that I preach now. Especially, is you must have confidence if you believe you're a star, and you got to believe you're
2: a star. I agree totally on that, and I think that applies for, like, any job, too. Like, I've been in places where I work and didn't want to make waves, and yeah, it's okay. You can exist for a little while, but you're not going to excel. Right. It wasn't too long after that, you ended up at the WWE Dojo. You were a trainer. How was that transition? And beyond that, what was it like working with, when you look at the list, like, some all-star wrestlers like Kurt Angle... Man, we don't really take shots, but I know the guy's not in the business. But comparing to him, to like maybe working like with a Brockus, like you had a lot of different type talent there. I guess is my point. So the transition and what it was like working with some of the best and maybe not some of the best.
1: Well, he would have also worked with Brock Lesnar, also, would Right. The transition turned out
0: to be pretty cool, actually. I mean, uh, we got. I was uh, able to stand Stanford. Uh, I was missing the road, yes, but I'm still going. On. On the road for TVs and some other stuff. I think like this too, which was kind of cool. I was doing voiceovers at the same time, so it all kind of ties in. And when we started, it was just the three of us: Mark, Henry, Brockus, and Brock in the studio in the, in the warehouse. And they used to hate us because we take bumps, and they'd have to shut down because the bumping would bleed through into the studios. Know what I mean? Yeah. So they hated. Them. Yeah, but but I mean, it, it actually you kind of it trans bigger and bigger, and then started sending guys to Memphis. Started sending guys, I believe, to uh, yeah, Memphis, and then it was Louisville, and Cincinnati. So it kind of expanded, and then, you know, it, it, it evolved into what it evolved. So, But the transition was great, and working with guys like uh, Brockus was just as good, too, because he was really, he was a good-hearted guy, but and I, if and I, I, there's an
2: opportunity to go out and see if I can have a match. And it was what it was. <laughs>
0: people, want people can't
2: do it. Right. Tom, like we were saying at the beginning, you got the wrestling school with Kane. Is there anything else? We're going to wrap this up here. So is there anything else you want to talk about with the school or promote?
0: For all information, if you have anything you want to know about the JPWA, go to jprrestlingacademy.com. You
1: can type us a question if you have it. Uh, go to Facebook, too. I think it's Jacob Richard Wrestling Academy. Or just put it JPWA. All right, Tom, thank you so much.